1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 8 Waiver Wire Pickup Power Rankings by Positions, a Monday Night Football Chatter, a recap of Week 7, plus our favorite segment, the life advice, towards the end, which people really seem to be enjoying. If you have a life advice question, as stupid or serious as you might think it may be, send it to thepatmayoexperience at gmail.com. Remember to smash the like for the episode in the comment section. Give me your favorite streaming defense for the week because there's not really much happening at the other positions especially with all the good teams coming off of bye week and us only losing the Raiders and Ravens this week that you could probably patch it together just a little bit a lot easier than you could this time around Uh, maybe did you have a situation where you didn't want to drop people from your team but you had to in order to play someone on a bye week
2: uh, no, uh, luckily I didn't have any of that, but I know there were a couple decent players that were dropped this past week heading into that because yeah, like, I mean, six teams on by all the injuries happened. I think I saw, I think I saw Damian Williams dropped and now he didn't do anything yesterday anyways, but I thought hmm, that might be a guy that I'm interested in picking up, but I grabbed him. I didn't play him, but now it doesn't seem like it's his backfield at all. But I'm sure there was a lot of that where, you know, in shallower leagues too, Pat, like maybe those 10 team leagues where you have to drop somebody just to. You know, you don't want to take a zero in your fantasy lineup.
1: Hey, especially if you weren't right. I guess if you were like 6-0 and coming into the week, then like, yeah, I don't want to drop this guy. I'll punt the position, and hopefully I end up winning anyway. But in shallower leagues, start scanning your waiver wire now because you might actually legit have good names. That ended up being dropped. I know when a couple of my leagues guys were scrambling to make trades early on Sunday, just they didn't want to drop someone. So they had to get like a two for one in place. And they ended up giving a little bit. I got Delvin cook out of it. It was great. The guy that I had played this week needed to win. His best guys were all on bye weeks so I was like, yeah, I'll give you a Chuba Hubbard and something else for Delvin cook. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal to me. And all of a sudden I got <laughs> Delvin cook and I won anyway. It was great
2: that's fantastic i saw cd lamb flipped in one of my leagues this same sort of deal right somebody up at the top and there was a somebody who was like outside of a playoff spot desperate for a win needed somebody to play right away had to trade cd lamb i forget what the deal was but i think last week i mean it is still i mean peak trade season but last week was just a prime trade week wasn't it i mean with all those teams on by and all the injuries and I think that's the the biggest thing for me when I write these trade articles over at FTN is just attack your league mates who are out of a playoff spot, like pick on them, right? I mean, if they're not in a playoff spot and you see that they don't have guys starting this week, they're super desperate for wins. They'll basically do whatever, I mean, to trade a guy like Delvin Cook and to acquire a guy like Delvin Cook to have him. I kind of view the same way, even with the Seattle guys today. like I, I suppose if you have Lockett and DK, you don't feel great about them right now. Uh, And if you weren't in a playoff spot, maybe you're willing to flip them for somebody that can help you out right now. And if you are in a playoff spot, vice versa, if you're up near the top, you can afford to acquire those guys take on the risk, come week 10 or 11, whenever Russell Wilson comes back, then you have yourself two top 25 wide receivers that, um, you know, will help you come playoff time. So yeah, take advantage of your league mates.
1: Yeah, I should have mentioned from FTN Daily and ftmbets.com, you go over there and you there. want to get the premium package. Remember to use code MEANY. Plus, you have all of your shop props for NHL, which win every single night. So I just tail those and I win money. It's great.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, the guys are killing it for for you over at uh, the Mayo Media Network as well. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been a decent start. Not gonna lie, some shop props have worked out and some haven't. It's you know the way it is. But books are kind of adjusting a little bit. I've noticed with the shop props, they used to kind of hang to two and a halfs. So now they're doing the three, three and a half, So now it's kind of starting to you know target unders, which is new for me.
1: Well, when you win like quote unquote one hundred units, I still don't know what units mean um that's i i i I really did it's people do it all the time and i get what you're trying to quantify but does anyone actually bet in units like do you have a standard unit that you bet or is like it, it feels like it's solely for the purposes of content uh, as it comes to like, oh, here's how much I'm up, which completely makes sense. But like, as anyone who watches this show knows, or anyone who like watches this show knows, like, sometimes I'm feeling it. I'll up my bed a bit just, you know, just cause, or if I'm winning a bit, my, un- my units are a bit bigger if I'm on a good streak. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we're just tossing around units. And
1: yeah, I think it's just a, a gauge of, you
2: know, I, I maybe of like a profit, I view it as like a risk. For example, I'll like if I really like a bet, I'll say, you know, two units, and I'll never go higher than two. And I'll say I really like this. So two. like this one and a half, this one, I'm not totally in on so maybe like 0.5 or point two five, I just kind of use it as a gauge. But um i i kind of do have like a feel of what i want to do like that for I, I i was talking before we came on i had a, a prop with or four props and a parlay and one unit to me is a 100 bucks and it was a decent payout and and jameson crowder couldn't i mean he didn't even get a target at the end because there was just check down check down check down from mr mike white but yeah i think it's just for for what we use it for ftn it's kind of a gauge of the of the risk that you take and then i guess you know at the end of the day you can count the units to see like quote-unquote how successful you have been just like as a basically a gauge i mean it it is kind of funny to toss around units
1: it is not it is not a problem on this show because uh, no one's trying to gauge how much you're up (laughs) after watching this show i can guarantee you how much you're down yeah, yeah we, no one wants to know that part of it. So I, I, I was telling you, Ross Dwelly screwed me so badly. I played a bunch of single game parlays uh, last night for the Sunday night game, and just he was the only one that didn't hit, and somehow he was on all of them. I was like, oh god, I, I really got to start like not just. I, I always talk about the shitter guy lineup on the Thursday show on DraftKings. I was like, I was sitting there like 20 minutes before kickoff for Sunday night football. I was like, yeah, I'll play a bunch of uh, same game parlays here. I'm feeling good about a lot of these guys, and Dwelly was one of them, and just he was the only guy. Who couldn't come in for me? Should have went full under on Smelly Dwell. I should have known with the name Smelly Dwelly, then it wouldn't have been so bad. Yeah. Are the Colts like good? Because I still watch Carson Wentz and I still think that he's terrible, yet they keep winning.
2: Yeah, I, I mean he's starting to come around. I was giving him some credit yesterday on the show, although he had that pass, which you looked at it and there was it was deflected, but it still looked like it was gonna be intercepted anyways. Just the way he went about everything. Like, I know he's trying to extend the play, and then that throw, it was kind of like very Philip Rivers, like I thought with the throw, it was just like pushed. But when you saw the replay, it was deflected by a defender. Nonetheless, that was just only a second pick. And, and the both picks have been the exact same. Those shovel passes or whatever they are inside the red zone. But you know what? Frank Reich is playing to his strengths, just like he did in 2017 with the Eagles. He looks a little bit better. The defense is strong against the run. Although at moments yesterday, Elijah Mitchell ran all over them. I think they're okay. I mean, for a team that has what, three wins? I think they're an okay team. I, I, there's definitely four or five in the AFC that I like more than them, but the AFC I think is wide open. It's the NFC that's stacked. Like, so the AFC, there's some pretty mediocre teams in there. And one of them may be the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think they're okay. Like, let's give Carson Wentz a bit of a pass. They have a strong run game, although they're not getting anything from Naheem Hines. You know, if they could have one more wide receiver step up, if T.Y. Hilton could just stay healthy, I was asking a lot, but if he could stay healthy, Paris Campbell's an IR. They need somebody else besides Michael Pittman, I think, to stay up. But they have a guy, Moali Cox, who I always think of you, man. Every time Moali Cox catches a ball or has a touchdown pass, just from working with you for the past few years, I feel like you've always been on, in on Mo'Ally Cox as like a first touchdown guy or anytime touchdown guy. Carson Wentz seems to throw his way inside the red zone once or twice a game.
1: He is just running more routes uh, it's yeah. difficult because last week when Hilton was back and Campbell was back before they both ended up missing the week, that it really did seem to take a big share of the target share away from from Michael Pittman and Mo Alleycox. That's why I played both those guys on the over on what their props were last night, because with Campbell gone and Hilton gone, it's just going to funnel to two guys, essentially, and then Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield. But it's the Colts' defense that has really impressed me recently. And I guess that getting everyone back on your offensive line really does help matters. Uh, I should have really (laughs) considered that more. I I was lucky, because I really like San Francisco in that game. But I acknowledged on the spread show, on the best bet show last week, like that is such a trap line. I'm not feeling it. I didn't have the confidence in it to go pound it like I did Dallas the week before, although I knew that was a trap line too. I was like, Dallas is good enough they can overcome this. I didn't have the same faith <laughs> in the 49ers. It's been a really odd reshuffling. Like, for example, Carolina, who got absolutely just mollywopped by the Giants in that game. Shout out to Giants D on DraftKings, scored 17 points. It was fantastic stuff. Good good DraftKings week. Pretty mediocre betting week, but uh, Rob Pizzola, I asked him on Friday's show, I said, do I take the Dolphins' money line, or do I just take the two and a half? He's like, you should probably just take the two and a half, and thank you, Rob Pizzola. You saved my week on that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, that I got screwed with. I was back and forth on Atlanta and Miami. I felt like the Falcons would win the game. I just wasn't sure. I, You know, I got trapped into... Miami going to London and not getting that buy. maybe I was just overthinking it but most teams that go to London for a game they have a buy and Miami didn't have one and I forget who they played in Jacksonville had one the week before that was New York and Atlanta they had one so the Falcons were just hanging around waiting for them I know that Miami was getting healthier on defense but I was just thinking to myself you know what Atlanta will win this game but it's always the Falcons for me like they're always a Falcons team that suck, just disappoints Fal- me. even the when they win terrible they're trash they're trash <laughs> They are. They really are trash. And they should have won that game by, you know, over a touchdown. And Matt Ryan does things that he shouldn't do. Like he extends plays, he throws picks, and there's always seems to be something with the Falcons. So in my own pool, I picked them by one point. I'll never ever like it's, you pick your own spread. And if you overbet, you don't get any points. So for example, I picked them by one, I get the one point for the spread and 10 for the win. If I would have picked them by three, I overbet it. I get zero points. So Falcons are a team that I never, ever picked by more than one and I never ever will. Cause I never feel comfortable with that squad. Uh, there's just, we have so much history now with, it doesn't matter who the coaching staff is. Maybe it's Matt Ryan under center. I don't know, but we have so much history of that team just, Blowing wins when they should, and and not really winning by a large margin when they probably should as well. You mentioned those same game parlays, dude. Those are tough. I thought that they would be awesome, and they're available here in Canada now for the first time this year. I've won one, but I play them every. I play. I play every Thursday. I play the Sunday night. I'll play one tonight.
1: I, I, they're I, extremely
2: I, tough. And that, last night I
1: had one too, but couldn't get it. Uh, it's tough because you really want to get greedy on all of them. And I mean, yes. that's where, that's where yes. parlays end up getting you anyway. Like, the move is probably just to, like, same game parlay two guys together. Although, at that point, the, the problem is, like, there are so many different ways that you can play it that if I was just going to parlay two props together on, like, DraftKings Sportsbook or wherever you, that you can go do it, it ends up being, like, plus 264 or something like that. So, you, know, you get 2.6 mm-hmm. times your money. Or I could just go to prize picks and I'm guaranteed to get three times my money on a two pick so I always do the two picks over at prize pick, but anything more than that, I tend to do on the sports book. It's weird. Like I I'm really trying yeah, I to find wh- where I'm going to end up getting the most valuable odds to me. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, prize picks. They have a special offer for Monday night football this week. If you use code M M N N F L. And you're a new player. Uh, you get a match deposit of up to $100 at prize Plus if you use that code, once again, M M N N F L. And you play a Monday night football two player and Jameis completes at least one pass you get a free 25 bucks, so you might as well just play a $25 entry on Monday Night Football. At worst, if you deposit $100, bucks, you will have 200 bucks. regardless. You might even win the three times your money on the 25 and you'll be good to go. So prizepix.com, code MMNNFL to go check that out. Me and I will talk about that in a second. But, yeah, the same game parlays are fun, but where you can correlate things together – I think you put yourself at a disservice if you weren't playing for big money, like Ross Dwelley, the fact that he didn't go over 22.5 yards last night, cost me around 1700 bucks, which is not fun. Didn't oh. tell, didn't tell the wife about that one.
2: <laughs> no, no, don't tell her about that one. She's watching. Uh, yikes. Um, yeah, I, I hit one the other week. It was actually, it was the Denver one. I just picked the running backs to get the rushing attempts and the rushing yards. And that's kind of what I do. Last night burned me. I had Pittman over receiving yards, but I had him at over four and a half grabs. He had four at Debo. And I had the rushing attempts for for um, Taylor and for Mitchell. But yeah, that's and that's it. I got greedy, right? I just figure, you know, if they're probably going to get 50 plus yards then they're going to catch five balls. But Michael Pittman, he's been targeted down the field more as opposed to those, the first few weeks when you watch the Colts, it just seemed like he was getting screen pass, screen pass, and bubble screen here and there. Quick little slant, but now Wentz has taken some shots of them down the field. I mean, maybe the Colts are on the rise, but yeah, it's, it's easy to get greedy with those same game parlays. It's always one more, one more you want to add on
1: yeah i oh i can bring this from 25 to 1 to 50 to 1 <laughs> please sign me free money yeah. it's props of course i'm gonna win <laughs> Pitt, Pittman hit his receiving over on that one catch uh, one to, catch to, be, to yeah. begin i was like i have that was an easy one now let's get Dwelly more involved going along and then mo Ali kept like piling it up piling up piling it up and i was like i need to get over this like 18 and a half here he had the two catches he had the touchdowns I was like i need one more but he keeps getting there for me which is really nice but i mean i won my best bet again i'm like six and one on best bets so far and Nice. God, God bless you, Tua. Thank, thank you for coming back. And God bless you, Arthur Smith, for not playing for a touchdown at the end and just settling for that field goal. Get <laughs> out of there with the win. Don't cover the two and a half. That was perfect. And the free money Mahomes rushing prop every single week. It's now hit six or seven weeks, I believe. And it's always like 18 and a half. I think he's averaging like 30 rushing yards per game.
2: Yeah, there seems to be one.
1: Uh, yeah. Wow. It's I, the, it's I should jump ja- on It's that. the new
2: Jameis prop. Because I, when I watch the Chiefs, yeah, he, he scrambles at least two or three times a game for, for a first down. And, you know, sometimes he fumbles those ones now. So I don't know what the hell is going on with the Chiefs. But, yeah, that seems to be a lot. You know, when we're talking about the Colts and we're, we're also talking about the Falcons maybe not, not being overrated because everyone knows that they stink. But the Niners, the Niners are an overrated football team, in my opinion, like not just because they lost yesterday, because, you know, Kyle Shanahan, even when he's favorite. I mean, Matthew Friedman gave some picks on the Sunday morning betting show, just talking about, you know, as a as a favorite, even coming off the bye, even at home, just as a guy that just really never covers. And I know that game was sloppy weather and it was rainy, but the, everyone talked about the, this Falcons team winning this division and making the playoffs. And I think even without Russell Wilson, that they're the worst team inside that division, as bad as Seattle's defense is. Like San Fran is, they're a team that I just, I don't know, man. Like Shanahan's a smart coach, but they're just not a good football team. Like, how could they not find a way to get Brendan Ayuk involved? Like, is Brendan Ayuk suck? Is he the worst player in football that this guy can only get one target? I mean, last year towards the end of the season, he was awesome. He was getting like double-digit targets. He was catching touchdowns, left, right, and center. He was really good. And they can't find a way to utilize him inside the offense because they want to have Kyle Jusick on the field to just run, 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 run. And they'd rather have two wide receiver sets. So this doesn't seem to be working for
1: me. Hey, they, Kyle Shanahan called him out on he needs to keep grinding the playbook. So maybe he's just not completely familiar with what they want to do maybe. right now. And it seems like Shanahan holds a vendetta against people. Like It's very clear that Trey Sermon... After having the one good game after being inactive in week one, like, Jamichael Hasty is the backup, and Jeff Wilson's coming back soon. Like, Elijah Mitchell is the guy, and then it's Hasty for the moment. It'll probably be Jeff Wilson when they come. Like, Sermon might be fifth on the step chart by the time everyone is healthy, but I do think that not having Trent Williams in the Sunday night game, like, not having Trent Williams, like, really kills them.
2: Absolutely. It's a good call. Yeah, I don't know, man. Again, well, they drafted Trey Sermon, what, third round? And Elijah Mitchell sixth. So it's just uh and and Trey Lance, I suppose he's still young. I have you know, I, I think he's gonna be a decent quarterback in the league too. But do you make that switch now if he's healthy? Do you just go ahead and say, you know what, we're we're not going anywhere with Jimmy Garoppolo? Like we can't trust this guy. So maybe we just make the entire switch, but maybe they maybe they mismanaged the draft. Who knows?
1: They have not been the best at drafting over the past few years. Like when you get uh, Joey no, Boza dropped into your lap, then you're Joey Bosa? Which Bosa? The good Bosa's. We always refer to him as Jeff has the bad Bosa. It's not Joey. What the hell's his name? The other Bosa. The the good Bosa. Nick. Nick Nick. Bosa. Man, it's when you start having kids, your mind just goes and you can't just the, the quick, and week, it's
2: super early on a Monday morning too. That's right. we'll, we'll say that.
1: All right. Thank you for my <laughs> excuses. That That's, that's really nice. Nick Bosa. Yeah. When you get him dropped into your lap at number three, overall, then you're going to be good to go. Uh, when you have to start making these like value picks, like Debo's worked out. Iuke looks like he could be good. It might eventually be good. But if you keep like, they drafted a running back. I don't know if it was during the Shanahan era. I forget the guy's name is something Williams a few years ago. I don't think he ever played a snap for the Niners. He was like a third round pick.
2: Uh, yeah, they they had some guy named Coffee too back in the day. I don't think that was a Shanahan one. Yeah, but yeah, they but, they but I, I think he, I think
1: he quit to become a preacher. I actually think that Nick Coffee. That's right. He did.
2: That's right. He did. They've had so many damn running backs over the past few years. It's hard to keep track of of which guys because they just rotate through all of them. You're right, man. Like in two weeks from now, we may just be talking about this being hasty's backfield and wilson being the red zone back in this offense even though elijah mitchell did look pretty good yesterday
1: i actually think every time they've had a chance where elijah mitchell has been healthy he has been the one who has been used so i have like no yeah I, I think he's safe to tell you the truth fantasy wise
2: yeah yeah he probably he probably is but anytime you feel like there's a running back in san fran that you feel good about that's safe Shanahan will throw you for a loop but i i would agree i would agree that Every time it's Elijah Mitchell, this guy seems to get at least 18 touches on the ground, and that's it's pretty significant with the landscape of the running back position.
1: Uh, I know that we, we don't necessarily want to get into next week's spreads as of yet, but I want to ask you right now, if you had to guess, I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, so you don't go look this up. Odds to win the Super yep. Bowl right now. I'm going to throw you the two teams that are favored. Who do you think are the two teams that are favored to win the Super Bowl right now? Um
2: the Bucks and I don't think it's Arizona. I'd say the I'd say the Bucks and the Rams.
1: It is the Bills and the Bucks, both at five and a half to one. Okay. And then it's the Rams. Then you got the next two. The Rams are eight to one. The Cardinals are nine to one. Who do you think is after those four?
2: Oh man. Um the Titans are the Titans there. The, the Chiefs got to be there. The, the Chiefs are there.
1: The, the Titans are still behind the Chiefs right now. The Chiefs are still 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. The Titans are 18 to 1. Not a lot of respect being put on the Titans name after beating the Bills and Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. Just no one, like do you believe cuz I still kind of don't. I I is it the Kansas City offensive line or did all of a sudden the Titans discover a pass rush? Cuz I don't know where this came from.
2: Yeah, that was that was odd to see. I don't fully believe in Tennessee, but I do like their offense quite a bit. I, even though Julio Jones is not doing anything, if they could just find a way to have him, you know, on the field, it does. It it really does for defenses. It's tough. It's a, it really is a three headed monster. What they do so well is that play action pass and they run the rock with Derrick Henry and they run it and they run it and they run it. And then you saw yesterday, they take those shots down the field, whether it's Julio, mostly AJ Brown or, you know, sprinkle and swim or some other guy that just steps in and has, a, you know, a play action pass and they, you know, it's converted for a catch and they continue to run the football where I'm not sold on them is their defense. Their defense is really bad. And that was so surprising yesterday to see the chiefs not be able to take advantage of that because every team has been able to, I mean, you saw in prime time with the bills, like what uh, Jack rabbit Jenkins, like that guy was completely lost. He couldn't find a way to stop digs and Cole Beasley was left wide open. So I don't think that they have the defense. But when I look at the AFC and the NFC, it's a complete different, it's totally different to me. Like there are four, at least four legit teams in the NFC that are gonna have to beat up on each other to get through. Where in the AFC, I I like the Bills as the best team there. And then it's like, okay, Tennessee got some issues on defense, Kansas City clearly has a lot of issues on defense. The Bengals, I think their defense is actually pretty strong and they're clicking on offense. And then you have the Ravens there. So I don't know, man. I think that the, the AFC is completely wide open and anybody can come out of there after Buffalo. But the NFC is, is going to be an absolute bloodbath. But I guess to answer your full question, I don't fully believe in the Titans, but I think they should be getting more respect. I think that's a decent bet. We've seen them before. Beat, beat the Ravens in the playoffs, hang with them another time hang with Kansas city. They had a massive lead there a couple of years ago when they were up on the chiefs and blew that one. I would like to this, if they can continue that pass rush or they can just pick up somebody in the secondary, like, man, they should have been in on Stefan Gilmore. Like that would have been a great ad for them. Uh, And steady went to Carolina. I I don't know how many trades happen between now and, and deadline. I don't know. Deadline's probably like, what is it like very soon? Who Who No to knows something in their secondary? No one knows. (laughs) Nothing ever happens.
1: Maybe Watson will end up. Maybe what we should do is in two weeks' time on this show, I'll come up with the rest of the season rankings for fantasy football. Instead of doing like a waiver wire and the recap, we can just go through those. And that can sort of work as a de facto trade deadline show for people out there. Because I think that'll get us like a week out on when most fantasy trade deadlines are. Maybe that's something we can do. I'll see if I have the energy to do rankings. I usually do.
2: Yeah, I'm into it. They're tough, man. Rest of the season rankings are tough, but, you know, you really have to dive into the schedule, but I'm here for it.
1: true. So, Bills, Bucks, favorites, Rams, Cardinals, the next two. Then it's the Packers, Ravens, Cowboys, Chiefs. Titans and Chargers are the same. Then you got the Browns. Then you get into, like, the Bengals tier, like the Colts are 50 to 1. I got two teams to watch out for here, though, uh, Super Bowl-wise. The Saints are still 40-1 to 1 right now. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. But their defense is, like, healthy again. Their offensive line is healthy again. Michael Thomas is coming back soon. Things are pointing up, at least for New Orleans, right, not necessarily this week, but, like, moving forward, they could be really good. So you might catch them if they have, like, a tight game against Seattle or lose next week to the Bucks. They're in a really tough spot. But like you mentioned, there's, like, four or five teams in the NFC that you know are going to the playoffs. Then almost anyone else can kind of make it at this point and sneak in as the 6-7 seed that you can get yourself ready for that time. And, Paul, this is the one right here, a 1,000-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now that Zoomer Zach is out, for like two to four weeks for the New York Jets, you know whose time it is. It's Magic Mike's time, and when you have Magic Mike, you know that the Jets can go to the Super Bowl. This is how I'm selling it to Cuss now.
2: <laughs> Did he text you last night? Was 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 he with you yesterday when when he went down? Zach Wilson. I didn't like to watch that replay. It was the first one, right when he he hurt his knee on the sidelines, and then then there was another play where he he got hurt. But ugh, I don't I didn't like to see it. But I thought the offense rolled a little bit better, even though. Magic Mike White was only checking it down to his running backs. And that pissed me off yesterday as a guy who needed one more catch from Jamison Crowder. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Like obviously the jets are not going to get it done, but they're play what the Bengals this week. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that's a game that they can cover uh, after emotional win from Cincinnati. I don't know. Who knows? I don't okay. think
1: so, but I don't want to bet on the jets. So I'll
2: put it that way. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you, man. The Bengals, the Bengals look actually really good. Uh, yeah. I was on them to cover. I, 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 you know, I, I wish that I had the stones to pick them. Um, but, man, it's it's the defense to me that I think looks really good. And, and they held Lamar Jackson in check, and they've just been playing really good defense all year. And the past couple of years, they've just added pieces, smaller pieces through the draft, grabbing some guys. And, you know, they're playing with an identity. They're getting some pressure on the quarterback. They, they've been able to stop the run, which is something that just teams have been able to run all over them. And just ha- adding, I guess, an element in Jamar Chase. I mean, my goodness, that guy yesterday, another – Solid game from him. And then CJ Uzama. Two touchdowns?
1: Yeah, okay, every this week. Another
2: element to the week, passing game.
1: Every week, two touchdowns. Yeah. CJ, secret of the Uzma. Uh, <laughs> Bengals, per pro football focus, the number six defense so far this year.
2: Yeah, I believe it. I believe it, man. When I watch them play, they're nasty. They play really strong. And like I said, they get after the quarterback and they it's just in years past his teams has just been able to run all over them and Lamar in particular Lamar has had some massive rushing yard games against the Bengals over the course of his career and that's just they they contained him yesterday and Joe Burrow's been so efficient and he's not dropping back and throwing as much as he did last year where he it's been back-to-back weeks now where he hasn't even finished games because he's been that efficient on offense and and the Bengals are just scoring points it's going to be another week I think you know playing the Jets where they score 30 plus points and he probably doesn't play the the entire fourth quarter.
1: Look, I'd rather be caught dead than wear my favorite pair of sweatpants outside of the house. Issue is, I got two kids. Sometimes, you know, stuff gets dirty like my regular pants. And if I'm just lounging around in my sweatpants and I need to go outside to go get anything, I just don't want to be judged when I go outside for wearing sweatpants. Because I know how I judge people when I see them just wearing the worst sweatpants. I'm like, man, that person has given up on life, essentially. So all I really did was go to Public Rec. That's why you got to check out public rec because they make elevated athleisure wear in multi-dimensional sizes because they believe the comfort starts with a better fit, and it looks way better. Their best-selling, all-day, everyday pant is available in over 40 different sizing and combinations and can fit men anywhere from 5'8 to nearly 7 feet tall. And the better fit is the secret to making these comfortable pants actually look good. You don't look like a slob when you're outside. So now your favorite home lounge pants can also be your go-tos for work or happy hour or the gym. I went out on Friday night with my public rec pants to the bar. People just thought that I was wearing slacks, but I wasn't. I was wearing comfortable sweatpants. It was excellent. After a year at home, they are the pants you need now rather than the pants that you need at any other time. So go to public rec and check these out. They spent years engineering the perfect blend of softness, stretch, and durability. It's all performance benefits you love with the added style of more formal occasions. They also have zipper pockets, so no more having your phone or wallet fall out when you sit down. They come in nine different colors one for each day of the week and more and public rec also makes elevated shorts t-shirts polos jackets even golf gear which i'm sure viewers and listeners of this show will most definitely appreciate they just launched their women's line so now anyone listening can enjoy public rec's better fitting comfort i've never had pants fit this well and now i don't feel so sloppy public rec Rarely discounts, but right now they have an exclusive offer just for the Pat Mayo experience listeners. Go to publicrec.com and use promo code Mayo to receive 10% off. That's publicrec.com and use our promo code Mayo for 10% off. Let's talk waiver wire fantasy football running backs. Uh, If you look at the snap shares, I have all of this down in the description That's part of the Mayo Media newsletter. You have the full, like, air yards for wide receivers, routes run per dropbacks for tight ends, and the complete snap shares for the running backs. If you just want the quick link, it's completely free to click on. The waiver wire column will be up on dknation.com a little bit later on on Monday afternoon, so you can go check that out as well. But in the newsletter, I have the full injury report. I got everything for you up there. Daryl Henderson, 89% of the snaps, although it did not translate to a good fantasy day whatsoever. Devontae Booker, 82% of the snaps. Khalil Herbert, once again, even with Damian Williams back. He was number one last week. He's number three this week, all the way down to number three. Khalil Herbert with 79% of the snaps. Henry and then DeAndre Swift. You know DeAndre Swift is the leading rusher and receiver for the Lions now?
2: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh on prize <laughs> fix, I thought that this was a, a massive edge was 35 and a half his receiving yard. Prop and and most books had him at 45 47 and a half and he got that in his second play i think his second touch he had that long reception yeah just i mean golf right Swift's a really good player but and they're also lacking weapons inside that offense like you get excited about khalif raymond it's hard to uh and teams are focusing in on tj hawkinson so it does make sense swift uh is the lead there and jamal williams hasn't really done anything past couple weeks
1: well, Amon Ra St. Brown ran a route on 66% of the snaps that he was out there and didn't see a target. So that's always fun. And I played against Khalif Raymond in a league. I was like, oh, this guy's playing Khalif. Ugh. Who I played last week. The guy's like hits, I'm pretty sure he hits his over reception prop every week.
2: Yeah, it's usually at two and a half. It was two and a half plus money a couple of weeks and I got in on it. And he didn't do it until the final drive. It was all, it was pure garbage where he had three catches on the final drive and he had a touchdown. I had been in on Ross St. Brown too the past couple weeks. It's been around four and a half at plus money and he's gotten it mostly in garbage time. And as you mentioned yesterday, uh, he didn't at all. Uh, he wasn't really looked at, which was strange to me because I thought he was a guy who was treading up in this offense and they would be playing from behind. But I guess... At the end of the day I think even though Ramsey had a pick Jared Goff was afraid to throw Ramsey's way and Ramsey does play in the slot so he he was on Amonar Saint Brown I think for for most of the game so you know Goff he's not gonna he's, he's gonna try to get the most easy completion that he can get and avoid the big dogs
1: so injuries at the running back position Latavius Murray sat the Ravens are now on bye. he should be good to go coming out of that Saquon Barkley missed week seven he could be back week eight week nine I doubt he plays next week so another week at Devontae Booker Nick Chubb could be back for week eight but hey apparently running backs don't matter when you have D. Ernest Johnson in the backfield uh but he might end up playing this week they might sit him another week uh how, Ramondre Stevenson was a DNP And this was, yeah, he didn't even play. That was kind of weird. Then JJ Taylor ends up scoring a touchdown. Damian Harris goes nuts. Uh, They hate him, by the way, like really hate him.
2: Damian Harris? No, Stevenson. Oh, yeah, because he looked good last week. I was surprised. Inactive. And I don't know. Like it didn't, I didn't hear anything about him being hurt. So it it was pretty surprising because last week, Damian Harris was in the blue tent multiple times. And that's when Stevenson got his run. And they were even using him out of the backfield to give him a couple targets. So I was really surprised. And then you're right. I mean, J.J. Taylor got in there and got a touchdown because they're up by so much. And then there was a lot of Brett and Bolden. Like, he didn't get a lot of carries, but there was a drive towards the end of the second. Maybe that was a two-minute drill, but it was just like, check down Bolden, check down Bolden, check down Bolden. And then they used him a bunch in the red zone. And at that point, the game wasn't completely out of hand. I think maybe it was just a two-score game. Uh, But Damian Harris does look like the best back there. I guess. I don't know. He's still, in my opinion, his game script when I... When I feel like the Pats are going to be down in the game, I feel weird playing Damien Harris. Like, I didn't play him the other week against Dallas because I thought that the Cowboys were going to roll. Uh, and I it, i mean, it was clearly the wrong choice. I left like 20 some odd fantasy points on my bench and it really ticked well, me off. But there's games where he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not on the field when they're playing from behind.
1: It's true. Tevin Coleman missed the, that game in the Jets' backfield. Then Ty Johnson exited the game, leaving only Michael Cutter. And like you said, when Magic Mike was checking down, it was all to Michael Cutter. So keep an eye on that backfield because Carter might become a nice like half point in PPR play moving forward as long as those two guys are out. I don't know even who they would bring in to be the new backup in that spot. Malcolm Brown left the game for the Miami Dolphins. Miles Sanders was carted off with an ankle injury. Josh Jacobs hurt his chest. But... The Raiders are now on bye week, so we'll have to monitor his status moving forward. Rashad Penny expected to be activated for Monday night football. Alex Collins is going to be in, at least according to Pete Carroll, with his hip injury. I have no idea what that split is going to be. That's going to be one of the keys to figuring out DraftKings showdown for Monday Night Football. But if we get to the actual like waiver wire, nothing really changes. I guess it's kind of your choice between Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. Boston Scott out-touched Kenneth Gainwell once Miles Sanders went down. It was like 7-5 to five after Sanders left the game.
2: Yeah, and it seemed like they trusted him a little bit more to get the carries because Kenneth Gainwell had the – he had a turnover on, on first touch, I think, out of the – I don't know if it was uh, – I, f- I forget now. I thought it was the first play, the second, but the Raiders actually started the with the ball. The Eagles tried an onside kick. Yeah, I think, you know, Gainwell is going to be the pass catching back and then Boston Scott will be the guy – Uh, to get the first down work, and I think he's a better pass blocker. I think ultimately, at the end of the day, that's kind of what it comes down to. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, I've noticed he's missed a a ton of assignments, and people are, you know, as as bad as Miles Sanders was, he was at least pretty good as a pass blocker, so that's why he was was on the field more than Kenneth Gainwell. It does sound like it's not uh, a significant injury for Miles Sanders, but I do expect him to miss some time. So it's not the best pickup, considering how the Eagles have used their running backs and, you know, they're not really running the football a lot but they do have the lions this week. Uh, so I think Boston Scott, I think both guys actually is like flex guys. I think I'd rather gain Pat, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston Scott had more touches on him.
1: Well, here's the thing. Like I have to rank them in the waiver wire column. I have, i don't think that there's any running back that you really want to go pick up this week uh that's available in more than 40 percent of leagues right now it's basically gainwell scott i mean latavius murray is still below that number i think when he comes back he's still the guy in the ravens backfield then it's like mckissick hasty Mm -hmm. brennan bolden like those type of guys who are fine but i don't know it's it's mainly just handcuffs so it really comes down to like would you spend any sort of waiver priority or fab bucks on gainwell or boston scott really
2: no, no, I don't think so. I mean, it, it really is. You'd have to be super desperate, you have to be a Miles Sanders owner at that point. You already are very desperate, rolling him out every single week as hopefully just your flex play and not like your RB2. But yeah, I think that's the only way I would do it. If you need a running back to start this week, I would play. I like, I'd play McKissick over those guys. I'm pretty worried about. Antonio Gibson, actually, you know, you heard reports yesterday on the broadcast that he's been playing with like a broken bone in his shin for the entire season. He didn't play the last 16, 17 minutes of that game, most likely because they were down. But let's be honest, this Washington defense is not any good. Uh, It's not as good as I thought it was going to be nowhere close to where I thought it was going to be. They're actually like the worst unit in football in terms of allowing yards and passing yards in passing touchdowns. So JD McKissick may just fall into a bigger workload, not just catching garbage time passes. Like he had eight grabs a couple weeks ago, but he may, he may just be the guy. Like if, if they continue to lose football games here and, and Gibson can't play through this shin injury, you know McKissick is a guy that maybe could help you out long-term, but you'd have to be in a big pinch. I would, I would lean Gainwell. like I said, I think there's a higher ceiling for him, um, but yeah, just, <laughs> I wouldn't spend the number one waiver priority on him. I wouldn't do that.
1: Uh, Yeah. Unless you were in the most desperate of situations. Boston Scott is like universally available though. So for actual deep leagues, if you do need a running back, he would probably be the move, but in shallower leagues, you probably don't want any of these guys. McKissick ran, or he played 65% of the running back snaps for Washington too. It's really funny that Washington really should have covered that game with not a problem. And oh my goodness. how many times can you turn it over and like side of the five yard line? Like it's it's ridiculous.
2: Holy crap! And the play like I felt for Heineke because he just tripped. I don't know if he tripped or he thought he was going to get smacked, so he he dove. I, I thought he but was. But a just couple diving. years ago, I, that th- would have th- been a touchdown. I thought he
1: was just diving for like the sake of diving. Like yeah, I scored. I'm going to dive. And like he wasn't. Yeah. G- I didn't th- <laughs> think he was giving himself up. Then you got to be like, what's the rule on that again? Like if he dives head first, I know. like what are we doing here? I don't know. I felt bad because a
2: few years ago, that's yeah, me too. Cause a few years ago, that's, that's a touchdown, right? I mean, he, he gave himself up, but they changed the rule. And I understand why they changed it. Cause if you're going to give yourself up near the goal line, you're going to get smacked. Uh, but then the other play too, like it was just so, I mean, by the rules, right when he stretched and he fumbled. And then when he picked up the ball, they said like that was for progress and that the, the whistle would blow there. But I didn't think that it should have been, I thought, you know, he reached, he fumbled. He was able to pick the ball up and reach again for the touchdown. And the fact that he didn't get in at any of those moments and it was clear he wanted to. I mean, you heard the narrative. He was such a big uh, Brett Fire fan. He wanted to like get a W. You weren't going to win there at Lambeau, but he played pretty good. And he had a lot of strong runs. Uh, they hung around in that game. You're right. They, they should have covered as a guy who had the over i felt like we should have got there as well just they stalled in the red zone multiple multiple times yesterday and i thought the defense actually played pretty good as as much as i was just kind of picking on them being an awful unit i thought they played pretty decently but yeah T- taylor Heineke, man he got he got burned a couple times he should have had like two touchdowns
1: yesterday Wide receiver injuries from week seven. Once again, you can click on the cheat sheet down in the description. I'll update it as news actually breaks. So if you check back on Tuesday, I'll have that updated in that article as well, along with the snap shares and everything else that goes along with it. And again, uh, waiver wire pickups on DKNation.com sometime on Monday afternoon that too will get updated Deontay Harris is out for Monday night football so is Michael Thomas not sure about Traquan. I don't think that he's going to be back either uh Diami Brown left the game for Washington J.J. Arcego Whiteside exited the game for the Eagles and then it's just a bunch of guys who missed the week Sterling Shepard Devontae Parker Will Fuller's able to come off of injured reserve this week Michael Gallup is going to be back from injured reserve this week for the Cowboys so he's going to be in the pickups Tony, Hilton, Antonio Brown all missed the week. Jerry Judy could be back soon. Galladay, Terrace Marshall, Sammy Watkins, Curtis Samuel, Cam Sims. They all missed week seven. There's no real standout at wide receiver when it comes to pickups. Like I said, Hunter Renfro near the top. You know, he's a he's now over the threshold, so congratulations on picking him up. I have Bateman, Gallup, Tim Patrick, Jamison Crowder. Marquez, Calloway, Will Fuller. I said it last week, but I think the Calloway is going to be good once Michael Thomas comes back, but I do not trust him as a one whatsoever.
2: No, I agree with that. I think he'll be good too. Uh, Jameis is starting to take some shots deep down the field, and I thought that the deep ball would be in the Saints game when they made that quarterback switch. It just wasn't the case for the first few weeks. They were just, it was almost like Sean Payton was, just wasn't really trusting. Jameis, you know, let's let's run the rock here with Alvin Kamara getting more usage than he's ever gotten on the ground, playing at a slow pace, relying on that good defense, which you alluded to earlier. But then I thought the last week he was taking some shots down the field and maybe that will change when they get Michael Thomas in there. And Thomas is going to garner so much attention that Marcus Calloway won't have to go up against a top corner. So I agree with you. I think Calloway is interesting. You know, Cole Beasley's hanging around that fifty percent threshold. Um, you know, he was good in his last his last time out. They played Miami this week, so I mean, they crushed Miami a couple weeks ago. They scored like forty points on them. I think that was like week two or something like that. Um, so he's interesting. And I don't know. Maybe Darius Slayton is interesting. If these New York guys can't stay healthy, they got a game against the Chiefs. So I don't know, man. Like as bad I- as Daniel Jones is, Kansas City's not good.
1: The, the the problem becomes with Darius Slayton that if the other guys are back, he's kind of useless, and we're not going to know sure. that until Monday night. So that just becomes—it yeah, it feels like it could be a waste of a pickup. I don't know. You, you might listen. I don't think the people are going to be using a waiver claim. on I mean, And you could probably just wait through waivers, pick him up off free agency, and then you would be good to go with him. And that then you can kind of see what's going on. Like if you had Shepard, if you if you had Tony, or if you had man, all these guys feels. I really wish Shepard would have played yesterday. I feel like he would have had a gigantic game. Uh, Yeah. If the Panthers get McCaffrey back as soon as he can get off IR, are they good again? Because they were good when McCaffrey played, and they've been god-awful since he's been out.
2: Yeah, Sam Darnold has looked absolutely atrocious. Uh, He's looked really bad. It's been about four games in a row now. I think he had three... I think he had like six picks in a three game span uh, leading up to yesterday and he didn't look good yet either. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, he's the best player on their team. So when you get CMC back, you know, it's going to improve the offense. You know, it's going to improve Sam Donald as even a, even as a passer, right. Like whether it's checkdowns or just having more efficiency with their, with their run game, Chuba Hubbard looked okay at times, but that was a matchup where a lot of teams were running all over the giants. I thought, you know, he should have been able to have success. But when you don't, when you can't move the ball with your arm, it's like teams are really stacking the box. Like DJ Moore has been decent, not as great as what he was earlier. He's still getting a lot of targets, but somebody else needs to step up in this offense, like Robbie Anderson. Like I'm sick of hearing about Robbie Anderson about, Oh yeah. by low on Robbie, play Robbie in this spot. Robbie, Oh, he, last week he had eight drops, but he caught one of them for a touchdown. Like what did he do yesterday? I think he had 10 targets, but did he catch any of them? I feel like he didn't have a good day. Uh, Robbie Anderson. What does he get? Do? He has nine targets and three grabs for 14 yards. The week before that he had 11 targets for three catches for 11 yards. Like this guy. Wow. Like looking into him deeper, Pat, 11 targets, seven targets, 11 targets, nine targets, but he hasn't had more than 46 yards over the past four games. And he's been held under five catches in three of the last four. So he's getting a ton of targets, 49 targets and 18 grabs. Is that on Robbie? Or is that on Sam Darnold? Cause Sam Darnold to me at the start of the season, Looked like a pretty decent quarterback and I thought Carolina could be a playoff squad. Maybe they'd be knocking on the door, but I'm looking at Sam Darnold lately and I'm thinking this guy is awful. This guy's no good. Like he, I don't know. Somebody else needs to step up. Maybe it's just CMC. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there. It the looks he, bad. The, he looks bad and they do him no favors. They, they must lead the league in drops. Like it can't even be close.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Robbie's got a lot of those drops. I would I would imagine he does. I saw Chuba. Chuba dropped one yesterday. Um I would yeah, looking into it, I haven't taken a peek, but I would not be shocked to see Robbie Anderson atop the the drop list. He's gotta be close.
1: I, it's him or Alan Robinson, I would say.
2: Oh my goodness. Alan Robinson, another game yesterday. Like that's the game. Where right? I know you're up against the Bucks and the defenses and the defense over the past two weeks for Tampa has looked like the Super Bowl defense that played really good last year throughout the playoffs, but Justin Fields only throw into Allen Robinson a couple times. I, I don't know, man, we make excuses for Matt Nagy and then a rookie quarterback. And he had a lot of pressure on him, but that was supposed to be the game where these guys and, and Mooney and Robinson, I mean, Cole Komet had his catch prop at three and a half. He's the guy who I think led the way again for the bears, but he doesn't do anything spectacular fields threw 27 passes. Two weeks ago was the most he's ever thrown. You figure that he's going to throw more. And, beat his guys because they're going to be playing from behind but Allen robinson this is i don't know have you ever remembered a bust this this significant like he's a top 10 wide receiver each of the last two seasons He was drafted as the top 10 wide receiver this year people keep talking about him being as a buy low candidate i don't even know if you can have him on your roster like what would you do in a shallow in a in a 8 10 team league like with Allen robinson he shouldn't be on your roster
1: no, you probably drop him in a 10-team league. I think you have to hold him in the other ones unless you're absolutely desperate for a yeah. bench spot at that point. Because if they go back to Dalton, Alan Robinson's probably fine.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. Do they go back to him? Did no, they make that switch? They, they shouldn't. They got San it's, Fran it's, this it's, week, it's, it's Pittsburgh. It's the no.
1: The Bears will yeah. do something stupid. And
2: Man, really... Robinson doesn't have 10 fantasy points in a half point setting yet this year. I don't think, he think that he's finished as a top points.
1: 45 receiver in any week yet. Like, you can't – he's unplayable, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, you can't play him. Uh, Tight ends. Quick pickups here. I still think that Ricky (laughs) Seals-Jones is still the top-end guy. I threw up the uh, the routes per dropback in – the uh, newsletter, and Tyler Higby, 93% of routes per drop back on the Rams. That was number one of all tight ends, and it's Ricky Seals-Jones. Noah Fant. The Island of Foster Moreau ended up playing 80% or doing 80% in place of Darren Waller. I'm, maybe Waller's fine coming out of the bye. Who knows? Like, Hawkinson, Goddard. Like, all the guys that you would want to be up there, Ricky Seals-Jones is up there with. I mean, he probably only has one more week of being a viable option Then Logan Thomas is going to return. But at the same time, like – Tight end's not deep. So, Ricky Seals Jones, the number one guy. Or if you want a longer term type of deal, uh, I think that Pat Fryermuth is the guy that you want to go with. Like, Juju being out didn't help Chase Claypool at all. It, it helped Fryermuth the most. And he's going to be like, you know, eight for 42 some of these weeks because he, he's, the, he's the new Juju. He's going to run like five yards from the line of scrimmage, turn around, and catch the ball. And they're going to use him inside the red zone. Like, he's actually a good pickup.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And that's that's the kicker. What you said there is that they're actually going to use him inside the red zone. That's basically how they use Juju. Juju got most of his targets, most of his usage, I think, inside the red zone uh, this season. And, yeah, Pat Friermuth is in there and, and getting those targets. Ebron hasn't really done anything. Uh, and Ben can't throw the football down the field. So that's part of it as well. Yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones, as a Logan Thomas owner in a lot of spots, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate, I feel like, just to be able to make that swap. And you, you talk about the snaps and running the routes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he had played hundred percent of the snaps. And then, um, I think two weeks after one week after that, he played like 99% of the snaps and he's been solid nine targets, six targets, seven targets, at least 41 yards in each of his past three games had a touchdown. I agree with you. He's been, he's been a really nice, uh, pickup and at the tight end position, that's all you can really ask for is a guy who's, you know, playing a big bulk of the snaps and, you know, he's right. He's basically the number two inside this offense behind Tara McLaurin. So that's, yeah, that's significant. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm surprised to see his ownership so low.
1: So Ricky Seals-Jones, Fryermuth, Dan Arnold, CJ Uzma, Mo Cox. Those are my top five in terms of tight end pickups. We go to streamers for this week at quarterback and defense. You probably don't need anyone this week, but like Tua has another easy matchup coming up. So why not just keep rolling it? No, no, Tua does not this week. It was Tua last week. Tua plays Buffalo this week. Not a good matchup for Tua. Sorry about that one. Uh, let's see here. Trevor Lawrence at Seattle, Geno Smith against Jacksonville. That, that could be the one.
2: Yeah, that could be the one really liking Trevor Lawrence's game lately too, because he's running. Remember when you and I talked at the start of the season, I think it was before the season started, we were wondering about Trevor Lawrence and we thought, we thought that he could have like sneaky, you know, a sneaky rushing upside. And then we didn't really see it in the first two weeks. So, but now we're seeing it over the past couple of weeks. He's, he's been more comfortable with like RPOs. He's been running a bit. He's been scoring, rushing touchdowns, uh, even without DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel has been inconsistent, but Agnew has shown up in that offense. And Marvin Jones, I think is a pretty solid wide receiver, um, It's it's weird, right? Agnew. It's like, wow, with this guy, like why is he getting all the targets and Labiska's not getting them? But um, nonetheless, I mean, the offense is, it seems to be okay. Uh, Even though I think it's been more efficient, Pat, because they started to run the football with James Robinson and not Carlos Hyde. So, I mean, it took Urban Meyer a little bit to figure that one out, but yeah, I I like, uh, I like Trevor Lawrence and I'll throw, what do you think about Carson Wentz against the Titans? That could be a decent one as well, but that that was the one I was going to ask somebody
1: else. Would you play Trevor Lawrence or would you play Carson Wentz? Do you think?
2: I think I would play, you know, back in the day, I would never play a rookie quarterback in Seattle, but secondary is not great. So I may lean Trevor Lawrence.
1: All right. Would you play Trevor Lawrence or Daniel Jones at Kansas city? I would play, I would play. Oh man. I just said I would never play
2: Daniel Jones again last week so I just have to stick to that. Like if Daniel Jones has a good fantasy game, he has a good fantasy game. He could run around, it's great. But he just does so many things where he could just he could ruin your day. Like what do you have negative fantasy points a couple weeks ago because of all the turnovers. So I don't I don't play Daniel Jones. Like if you want to play Daniel Jones, by all means, play him. He could be okay from a fantasy standpoint, but he could also turn the ball over four times and leave you a four points. So I I don't play Jones.
1: There's a chance Kirk cousins could be available on your waiver wire. It is prime time. Kirk, which is never great, but he's at home against Dallas is probably dropped on the bye week Do we know if Dak's going to play or not?
2: No, I don't think we know. Yeah. He was in a walking boot after that game last week. And, they just said that he was, they were optimistic that he was going to play. I I don't know. I. According to some reports that I've heard, Pat, is that it's the same injury that Michael Gallup had.
1: Well, if that's I mean, the case so for
2: a couple of weeks, they
1: haven't like <laughs> DraftKings has a spread on this game right now. It's only Dallas by two in Minnesota. And like if you just, bet, oh. if you bet Minnesota right now, I mean, if Dak, is not able to play in that game. And I guess they think that he is going to play in that game, uh, obviously with this line, but it would be like Vikings by three. You might get a five point swing in that game.
2: Yeah. It's a pretty good call. And you know, I, I, mean, I think I may like Minnesota anyways in that spot. I mean, they're at home. The, the guy, Delvin cook who's hundred percent. I like both their wideouts. I mean, that's a, that's going to be a coin flip game. Yeah. I mean, I'm just digging again and they're just optimistic that he won't practice. He's not going to practice today. Uh, then and they're just optimistic that he's going to be ready to go this weekend so i mean we'll see that's um that's something to keep an eye on
1: so defenses let's stream them out. actually i should probably recap i'm going to go lawrence wentz daniel jones geno smith has the top four streamers no magic mike magic mike didn't make the list against the Bengals at home maybe he should though because he's you know he's just so so good it, it, here's a little funny tidbit that i was tracking throughout the entire game and i Sure that people have seen this already, but if they hadn't, uh obviously the Raiders beat the Eagles and Derek Carr completed ninety-one percent of his passes, had a great game. You know who scored more fantasy points in that game than Derek Carr did?
2: Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. No.
1: <laughs> every week. <laughs> every
2: single every, week, man. Every week. Every week. Every week he he looks um, he he looks pretty mediocre and not gonna lie he underthrows somebody every single week he underthrows somebody if he could just unleash the ball a little bit earlier he would hit Smith over the top he would hit Jalen Rager over the top he needs to get rid of that football a little bit quicker I know people were hard on him yesterday for the uh, miss snap fumble inside the red zone but that actually wasn't on him it was somebody on the offensive line just some for whatever reason reached their hand over under Jason Kelsey. And tip the ball. So it's just it's mistake after mistake in Philadelphia. They lead the league in penalties. It's an inexperienced coaching staff. They're the only league, the only coaching staff in the league that has, you know, the offensive play caller, the defensive play caller, and the head coach, all 40 years and younger. And I saw a stat that was pretty crazy that I'm paraphrasing the first part, but I think over the first thousand games or something silly like that, there were five quarterbacks that have an 80% completion rate against the Eagles defense. And over the last five games, there's been four (laughs) that have had at least an 80% completion rate against the Eagles defense. So yeah, they, they're not good. They're, they're brutal over the field, but yeah, every single week, Jalen hurts finishes with about 180 yards and 50% completion rate and a top seven, eight quarterback because of what he does on the ground and all the garbage time. There's been a lot of garbage time in Philadelphia and he finds a way, but Hey, it's, it's fantasy, right? I don't want to say he's like Blake Bortles, but he's kind of like Blake Bortles in a way where. At the end of the day, it's like, oh, he had a decent fantasy day, but he wasn't very accurate. He
1: threw a couple picks. Defenses that we can stream here. You probably want to stay from the Green Bay, stay away from Green Bay and Arizona on Thursday night. We, could you play Atlanta's defense against Carolina with the way that Darnold's playing? Because Darnold's been named the starter. Like he, immediately after the game, Matt rules like, yes, yeah, Sammy scrambles. He's going to be playing. Don't worry about him. Safe stay, Sam. <laughs> but.
0: It yeah, that would
2: that would be super bad for his confidence if they didn't roll him out, but I think you could. I think he could roll out Atlanta. This the streaming defense is is Cincinnati. Like that's that's definitely the pickup of the week. They're only 17% owned, too. Yeah.
1: So Cincinnati. I think Washington at Denver, you can make a very compelling case for. Washington still has the sure. second still has the second best pass rush in football so far this yep. season. And Teddy is not looked good.
2: No, man, Teddy hasn't looked good. I was actually I was calling for, as bad as Drew Locke is in that game, I was calling for Drew Locke. I mean, they needed to to try to just mix up the mojo and and switch it up a bit, and Teddy was limping around all over the place. Ah, Teddy hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked good at all. Clearly, Denver needs to figure out this quarterback position. Like, who's the quarterback of the future? Are they going to trade for Tua? Are they going to get Aaron Rodgers next year? They got to figure it out, and it can't be draft. It can't be a draft. Like, draft somebody if you want, but he's not going to be able to come in and be the guy – Either all these rookie quarterbacks, none of them are any good except for Mac Jones right now. Like this is the only guy that has been um, consistently good this year. And I don't really love the class this season. I mean, it's okay, but I don't think that there's a guy that's going to come in and lead them to the playoffs. I guess I think their defense is good enough um, to, you know, be competitive in this league. They got to figure out the quarterback position. And Spree so, Squaders not good.
1: Yeah. So streaming D's I go Cincinnati, Washington, Philadelphia, who has a pretty good pass rush against an awful blocking team in the Lions. I can see that one generating some pressure at least with the goof. And he'll he'll throw you the ball. Not afraid. Denver and Atlanta as the streaming defenses. Stock Monday night football. I have very little interest in this game. Straight up. Like, this is one of the games where I'll probably go to bed early, watch it in the morning and on, like, the 13-minute, like, see every play from the game without any of the time in between. I'll, like, go for a run in the morning, bring my iPad, and just watch it like that because, like, do you really want to stay up to watch Jameis versus Gino? No, thank you.
2: And it's tough out east for us. We've talked about this before. I don't know how you're adjusting. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time staying up to watch these games, I, even, I, like, in October where all the sports are happening
1: yeah i straight up just watch them in the morning i, I either record it and then i fly yeah. through the commercials or i just watch the condensed game like uh where we're at Dzone has a really cool feature where you can see every snap from the game yeah. like, it basically just shrinks the game to like 15 17 minutes and you can just kind of watch it you get a complete sense of what happened you see all the penalties you see all the holding uh and you just don't have to listen to like alan mike or chris and chris and al talking about you know, who god knows what <laughs>
2: Here's a guy. Here's a guy who uh, runs great routes, but his hands are not really all that good. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I record games too on the PVR, and it's like uh, when you hit the fast forward button, it's it's perfect. It just it skips everything to all the huddles. It it, it kind of burned me back in the day with the Chip Kelly offense. You couldn't do it because they ran so it so up tempo. You couldn't you know flick forward or else you would have missed the play, but. For the most part, you can just skip forward. I like that DeZone has that as well. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I probably won't watch too much of this game. I need six points from DK. Hopefully I get that early. I can just like, that's it. I can call it a day. It's, it's Gino and Jameis. It's probably going to be a slow pace. I think both teams just kind of run the football. Uh, I'm interested to see how they, they use uh, the running backs as well. I'm looking at Alex Collins' rushing prop and it's like 12 and a half. Do I, can I trust that? Is he healthy coming off that hip? Because if they use him the same way they used him last week. This is a guy that probably touches the ball 15 times, even with Rashad Penny active, but we'll see what what happens because it's, it's all of a sudden a crowded backfield. Like you could get DJ Dallas catching balls, Travis Homer's in there sometimes on third down. So we'll see if, if how they're going to use Penny, that's kind of what I'm looking for in the Seattle side of things. Yeah. I wanna... Maybe they can let Geno throw the ball too. That that's something I would like to see. they I get it's Geno, Pat. <laughs> I see your face there. But there were times last week where they were down in the game that they came back and they made it competitive. But there were some times where they were down in the game and I could see it. I could see, like, the play call and Russell Wilson's here in the play call and he kind of, like, shakes his head like, yeah, this one has no chance. And it was just, like, a quick little check down to a running back that went two yards. And it's like, okay, I get it. You're not going to let Geno throw the ball 10. 10- when you need a first down, it was only 10 yards. They are just like, no, we'll-, we'll-, we'll just cut our losses here and, and play the
1: field position type of game. But... I would I'd like to see him maybe take a couple shots why not I like the Kamara under prop for rushing yards 91 and a half yeah what's he's he's gone over high. that number twice in his over the past two years in the regular season
2: <laughs> yeah he's not a guy it's his different usage for Alvin Kamara this year I went back and looked at his 100 yard games and you can count him on on one hand really heading into the season Yeah, and I think he's got, like, uh, his rushing attempt prop is right around 20. That's pretty high. And if you're Seattle, just trying to stop the run.
1: When was the last time? I'm just trying to look at it right now. So once in the regular season last year, he went over 20 rushes. He had 22 in week 17 against Minnesota. So far this year he has gone over 23 times actually. 26 against the Giants, 24 yeah. against New England. So it's just the efficiency isn't there, maybe with a healthier offensive line he can do it. I still like the under in that though. I still think that he's just better served in the receiving game. So there there is actually I like that one. I'll get to that in a second, but in terms of drafting showdown uh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, if you go to runthesims.com, you can use the single game simulator slash Mayo to get yourself a discount. If you just get the monthly, and I'll even give up my promo code on this one. You don't even need to use code Mayo. You can use code RTS at runthesims.com on the monthly membership, and it'll give you 25 percent off. If you want to go test out all of the tools, Justin Freeman, who does all of the projections at the site, um, he won. I guess uh, one on that other site that's not DraftKings won the big GPP on Thursday night last week and lost the DraftKings giant GPP by 0.2 points. Just based off his, you can just go simulate his projections right now. If you want to, it it loves Kamara. Like Kamara is going to be the overwhelmingly best play. And if you run the slate 10,000 times, he comes up as the captain 45% of the time in 90 for 91%. So if you fade Alvin Kamara, the tonight on the Monday night football slate, you know, just know you have like a one in 10 chance of him not being in the winning lineup.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say like, where else do you go? I know he's going to be pretty chalky, but um, like he's the best player on the field. We know that he's going to get the most touches in this game here today. He's going to, touched the ball at least 16 times. And, you know, there's been some games where he hasn't been targeted. If you look overall at his stats, you're right. He hasn't been as efficient on the ground, but he's on pace to have more yards and touches than he's ever had. But it's it's really just the, the receiving game. Like he's, he's averaging 22 receiving yards per game. He averaged 50.4 last year. It's a guy that's, you know, 107 targets last year, Pat, and at least 83 catch, 81 catches in each of his first four seasons. He has 15 grabs through five games. So he's not going to come anywhere close. You're lucky if he gets to the halfway point of what he had last year, but I don't know where else you go from him. I think you play him and maybe you get different elsewhere, or maybe you can go Jameis as your captain. Maybe you can go, Uh, Marcus Calloway maybe you think that DK is just gonna you know get fed I'm worried about Tyler Lockett like I think Tyler Lockett's that guy who just like Gino uh, you know can't really hook up with him like it takes more maybe finesse throws as opposed to just like oh here's here's DK on a bubble screen or here's DK just throw it up to the big man and hopefully he can grab it where Lockett's you know more of a I think he's a he's a very strong route runner but I'm worried about his usage and you know his efficiency but I don't know where else you go I think maybe Maybe Callaway, maybe Marcus Callaway is an interesting play. Maybe Jameis takes a couple deep shots of them down the field. Cause if you're Seattle, you stack the box. You do the same thing that you did last week against Pittsburgh. You try to stop the run. You just try, do your best. And they, and they did a decent job. I think at times of stopping Najee and then you say, okay, Ben, go ahead. If you want to take those deep shots down the field with we'll Chase K- Claypool, go for it. Same thing. Jameis, you want to take, um, you know, maybe some deep shots, go for it. Um, but we'll try to stop the run here. But I think, <laughs> I think Callaway's or uh is the best player in the game. Don't you? I do like Kenny, in this matchup.
1: I think that Kenny stills is the receiver that you want to play instead of Callaway. Okay. All
2: right. I noticed he was treading up last week. A few more targets, running more routes. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. another week, another opportunity for him.
1: No Deontay Harris in this game. No Michael Thomas, no Trey Chris Hogan retired over the weekend. So he's not playing. So that, <laughs> that leaves you with the receiving core of Callaway is the one Kenny stills, Ty Montgomery, little Jordan Humphrey. That's it. So maybe you want to go to like the Joanna man, Johnson, Troutman, Garrett Griffin, I mean, Garrett Griffin's probably not even going to play. Like, I don't know, this receiving core is so horrible that Stills just seems like he's going to be on the field 100% of the time.
2: Yeah, it's not a bad call, actually, now that you talk about all those guys being out. I would probably go Johnson over Troutman, even though Troutman runs more routes. It just seems Johnson gets those targets inside the red zone. Like, most of his targets are inside the red zone. So, like, he, he may be a better chance of getting a touchdown. But, yeah, Stills is... um Yeah, I'm starting to come around on him. I'd like to see what his prop, does he have a prop? No,
1: they have not released any props for him as we speak right now, but they will. Plus 550
2: to score a touchdown.
1: That's not bad, actually. Plus 550? That's all right. Yeah, I can do that. There, there we go. Plus 550. (laughs) Kenny Skills. Five and a half times your money on Kenny Skills. Kenny Stills to score a touchdown because he's got the stills to pay the bills it's like he went to everest institute he was just sitting at home texting on his phone anyway he saw the commercial boom plus 550 scoring a touchdown not a problem kenny stills let's go okay i love it let's do it what a way to waste money (laughs) i know oh well you take a shot on that like you're just
2: talking about their the have, receiver core I, there's nobody I have, there i have
1: made way worse bets than that in my life so i wouldn't oh, worry too much about me that. me too me too 85 yeah, me units too. on kenny stills <laughs> but my units are 10 cents each <laughs> big payout though still a oh, huge payout huge payout. that's what we're looking at here uh prize picks uh, i told you about that giveaway that's going on so you go to PrizePicks.com, use code mmnnfl for tonight's game if you're a first-time depositor you'll get a deposit match up to 100 bucks and if Jameis completes a pass or more in the game has to be his own team though can't be throwing picks. I mean, he can throw picks. But as long as he completes one pass to one of his teammates, you will just win 25 extra bucks. So uh, you play your 25 entry. Here's my here's my entry that I was talking about. So two power play prize picks. Monday Night Football, you need to take one guy from each team. If you're only going to play two, or you need to take one guy from each team on any entry, we can play up to five on the single game if you want. Elvin Kamara, under 93 and a half rushing yards Tyler Lockett over 45 and a half receiving yards because that could just be one pass with him
2: it's true it could be yeah I mean he's not going to be as efficient you're not going to see those big 150 yard games that you saw with Russell Wilson but you're right that only takes 45 it's it's worth a shot to take these guys in in Seattle like low on DK and low on Tyler Lockett because you know the books are adjusting with Geno under center and like, who knows, right? I mean, the defense is really good in New Orleans. Like, they could, they could stop Collins, Penny, whoever the heck is, is under center, like, or whoever is uh, running the football for Seattle. They could easily stop those guys. And
1: yeah, you're right. I'd, I'd take a shot on that. Yeah. 40, over yeah.
2: 45.
1: Maybe they'll release some Kenny Stills over unders, like eight and a half. It would probably be like <laughs> 19 and a half yards. I'd probably still take the Ninth, over on yeah. that too.
2: Yeah. I was thinking 18 and a half, 19 and a half. That's, that's a number I would take. Why not?
1: Yeah, so you can go simulate the slate 10,000 times at runTheSims.com. Code RTS on the monthly if you want to go do that and you know save yourself like twenty bucks on the monthly membership. I think that's what it is. And prizepix.com, code NFL to get that deposit and qualify for the Jameis bonus of the evening. Meaning, I'm gonna do some life advice here in a second, but I wanna let you get out of here. I know you got mean streets to go record and put on TV right now to so tell everyone what's going on.
2: Yeah, we're doing uh, Mean Streets every every day, Monday to Friday at 12 Eastern. we got got uh, Joe Pizzapia on the show here today. So we're going to just kind of recap, uh, you know, the, the football week, take a little peek ahead. So we got Mean Streets every every day. And so I'll be jumping on here with Jake Seeley here in a little bit to kind of break down all the action. Watch Jake take some victory laps or make excuses about dudes that uh, he can't take victory laps for. You know, it's kind of, you know, how we roll on Mondays. <laughs> I like taking shots at Jake. That's it. Um, that's it, man, just a lot going on over at FTN, lots of hockey, as you know, lots of hockey content, Eric and I are getting together on Tuesdays and Thursdays, talking some hockey and, uh, man, I can't believe we are into week eight already of the NFL season. It's, it's been a, it's been a crazy month. You know, I like a lot of sports October, they're all happening man. it's, and it's the first time in a long time where, you know, you have, you know, MLB, NHL, NFL and basketball happening all at once. It's, uh, and golf, it's kind of overwhelming.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing some golf for the Bermuda Championship. Oh, boy, fun times. There you go. Fun times had by all for that. And if you do want NHL picks, quick, condensed form, fantasy hockey picks and bets on the Mayo Media Network, you can get those every single day for your bets and DraftKings play. So please go check that out. You can follow Chris Meany on Twitter at Chris Meany and use code Meany at FTNDaily and FTNBets.com to get yourself a discount. So I highly recommend that you go to that. We're going to say bye to Chris Meany. And coming up next, the life advice segment. All right, time for the life advice. This one comes in from Zach. Once again, you can always send in your hilarious or serious life questions to Experience at gmail.com. Zach says, so I'm miserable in my everyday life with my everyday job working as a machinist. That sounds like something I cannot do. That sounds like a very profitable job, actually. I think so, anyway. At least in my mind, that sounds very specialized. What advice would you give to someone in my situation that hates their life and has a passion for writing, media, revolving around sports, and also I love doing predictions? Thanks, Pat. Your shows are some of my favorite, especially the Spread Pick show with Cust. P.S. You remind me of your older brother who passed away when I was 15. Thanks for the great content. Ah, I'm sorry to hear that, Zach. Glad I can uh, remind you of your brother. Yeah. Uh, Snarky guy, I suppose. Uh, But this is tough because it's both never a better time to try to enter this space and also the most difficult time to try to enter this space. And I've talked about this a few times in the past, about trying to break in to the sports betting industry, the fantasy industry, the content industry, whatever it might be. And there's, I've noticed an overwhelming amount of new people uh, in the content creation space because there's so many more outlets and it's never been cheaper to buy the right equipment and figure out what to do. Like I grinded away. I started this in 2009 in the fantasy industry and... Basically, didn't collect a paycheck until like 2014, like some freelance work here and there. I had to work another job. I was going to school for part of that time for broadcasting to learn how to use a lot of this equipment, but... I would say that you want to, if you're breaking in right now, like having a show like mine is really tough. The only reason that I can get away with having a show like I do by being very generic with waiver wire pickups or rankings or spread picks, that kind of thing is because my show has been established and been along, been around for a really long time like i've been on apple podcast since 2011 with what was the pat mayo experience then the pat mayo hour back to the pat mayo experience once i left some different jobs but i've always had that feed so that's been a really nice cushion for me over the years in order to have an audience and develop an audience and you know i've created two separate youtube channels before i created my own sub to this youtube channel by the way uh yeah. i created it for other people now i'm creating it for myself and you know it becomes a lot more difficult when you're doing things for yourself but just i see i i'm not on tiktok for example but i know that sal vetri is and sal has been garnering a ton of views over there i'd have to talk to him because like, i don't know necessarily how you can monetize that because if you want to quit your job and do this full time like it's not going to be anything overnight like you really do you have to do something like special right away and people notice you and you end up getting on with a job, but frankly, like, jobs don't pay all that well in the fantasy industry unless you do your own thing realistically or own your own site. If you have no ownership over what you do, it's really difficult to make a lot of money. Like, even some of the bigger names that you see working at these, like, quote-unquote big sites, they're not making a ton of money. Like, they're making, like, livable money right now, but they're not making potentially what they could be if they took the leap to become an entrepreneur and own their own site or own their own content. I mean, The difficulty scale and the risk factor goes up... 20 fold when you do something like that and you can burn out really easily, or you could just go, kind of go tits up and lose all your money right away too. But, you know, the risk reward potential that I saw for it. And I, you know, I like being an entrepreneur. I like owning my own stuff. And, you know, it's not always the most fun um, when you're you know, expanding. And then, you know, I think we have 11 shows on Mayo media network now and, you know, having to hire full-time employees to making sure that you guarantee their salaries and, you know, that comes out of your bottom line. So if you don't have a good month, I mean you don't have a good month because those guys need to get paid, and they need to get paid before you get paid. Equipment costs, all that stuff, it can pile up. But if you're just someone looking to get in the space, I would just recommend you know, do it for free and just start doing it. the Once you start doing it, you can figure out what you're good at. You don't want to be like the Renaissance man of whatever it might be right now. Like you know, at, for a time, I was writing, I was podcasting, I was doing video, I was doing player updates, I was doing project everything like that and eventually you just spread yourself too thin if there's something that you're good at focus on that and i would say that video has always been more valuable than anything else And I think it's going to stay that way for a while. So, whether it's short-term video, short-form video, whether it's long-form video, that's probably the avenue that you want to go into. And if you have an iPhone, I mean, I went over it on last week's life advice segment about like my setup here, lower quality setups, lower budgeted setups just to get you going. So, you can go back to last Monday's show and check that out. But at the same time, like, I don't like. Put it this way. Like I I see Nick, big dog got to eat. I was sticking with dynasty stuff. I've seen a lot of dynasty people really rise up as your dynasty has taken over. Maybe that's just me on my timeline and that's just what I'm seeing a lot of. I don't know how much money you can make in Dynasty. Like, sports betting is where you want to be if it's, like, money that is driving you right now. That's where all the money is. It's a lot like five years ago when DraftKings and FanDuel entered the space as daily fantasy providers that that's where all the money was funneled to. It wasn't season-long fantasy football. I've always used season-long fantasy football as a net. It's still the most popular by far of everything, but your average fantasy football player doesn't spend the same way that your average daily fantasy football player spends. And those people do not spend, like, your average sports book and sports betting football betting type of player spends so you know if it's money that you want and you want to be able to eventually quit your job you have to map out a plan where you can actually make money doing this and it does feel like the sports betting space is the best way to do it Uh, so you can go one of two ways you can be super accurate with your predictions and try to sell your picks which is you know as someone who's not great at picks is never a route that i wanted to go down to i i mean i think that tools i mean i have run the sims.com you know, I'm part owner of that. You know, FantasyNational.com. Moose and I developed that for golf, but those are just tools. Those aren't people. You know, here's who you bet on this week. Here's who you play on this week. I've always wanted that for me, at least, to be free content, so I can come onto the shows and talk about it. Like there are some really good guests out there that I just can't have on my shows because all of their picks are paywall. They can't come on my show and give away the goods because that hurts their bottom line. That's their business model. And I've always kind of worked the other way around where I have these tools that make life easier on yourself that make better picks than I do anyway, because you can input whatever you want, and let the computer do stuff for you. And then I use my show as sort of a funnel to that where, hey, these are my picks. Here's some of the resources that I'm using, you might be able to use this stuff better. And a lot of people want to make their own picks anyway. So If you want to go the route that I went into, you want to have more conversations with people. You want to have a more entertaining product that people, you know, they don't even really care about your picks. They want to have a few laughs at the same time. Like, they want to be entertained. And that's always the the theory that I've had, especially with either Daily Fantasy or Fantasy Football or Sports Betting. People are going to make their own decisions about anything. No one wants to be told what to do. They want to hear some advice. You know, they want to say, oh, I, I like to listen to Pat and follow him. Or I like to listen to Pat and do the opposite of him. Whatever it might be. Or they just want to hear, some information create their own opinions and then end up making the bets themselves because that's essentially what it all boils down to so selling your own picks especially if you're not credible within the space or have no track record is going to be super difficult to begin with so like i said just filming yourself getting comfortable in front of the camera is so huge like even this right now me speaking just into a camera in a room by myself it is the most awkward thing you could ever do. I really do think that anyone that does a solo show, especially ones who do it for an hour at a time, two hours at a time, and it's not filled with, mm, and um uh, and uh, that's going to happen. Trust me, that's going to happen. No one is immune from that happening. And if you're doing it in post, you can cut out the ums and ahs. I don't. I feel like it feels more natural when you hear that sort of stuff if you don't do it all the time but some stuff i've listened to is unlistenable because of all the breaks and ums and ahs of what's going on like you need to have an idea of what you want to say going into it or you need to be a really good rambler and not try to contradict yourself and not completely lose your train of thought the entire time as you're going all that is is reps you need to get yourself comfortable of either speaking directly into a camera or reading off something if it's an audio podcast and making sure that you are concise with your point, that you can condense everything and not just talk for the sake of talking, much of which is what I'm doing right now. But like I said, I have 10 years of people following me along that they're used to this right now. If you're new to the space and new to content creation, you need to be snappy with this stuff, especially if it is the short form or the TikTok type videos. Maybe you want to start a YouTube channel, but frankly, YouTube is really hard to monetize. The YouTube advertising isn't all that great. To tell you the truth, what do you get, like 20 bucks for every thousand hits? Like, I'm not making my business off the YouTube channel, put it that way, in terms of the monetization that's available in terms of YouTube. It's nice, like it's a nice bonus, but you know, no one's making a living doing that unless you have an immense following an immense amount of views maybe you can get really good at SEO you can rig that to make sure that you get everything in be good with keywords and that way you can boost traffic but it's going to take a while for anything that to happen so the quicker you can start the better off you're going to be not only will you start establishing yourself as a brand but you'll just be getting better on camera and you can find out what works for you in terms of predictions is it one prediction per week that is a five minute in-depth breakdown with the analytics is it three picks in the terms of a minute and it's kind of funny and snappy you need to know for yourself what works best for you you don't want to be playing someone else's game when it comes down to it because that's another trap that I see people fall into all the time that they're trying to be funny on camera and they're not funny at all like don't try to be funny if you're funny and most times even if you are funny trying to be funny is not necessarily the right path that stuff needs to come up organically if you're not an analytics person don't try to be an analytics person because you're going to sound stupid when you do it because you won't have an idea of what you're talking about find out what you know, find out what you're comfortable with, and then work on that and get that out into the world. So I would start with the short-form videos, whether it be 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 1 minute, 2 minutes, whatever it is. And if you want to get into long-form content, then you really do need to practice how that is going to work and do some research into what are the best distribution fields for you. Is it audio? Is it video? Is it both? Is it the same show on both? Like I release for YouTube and for the TV network and for DraftKings and my audio podcast. That could Potentially be the way to go do it. you need to find out how people actually make money in this business. Is it selling ads? is it having a sponsor? Is it affiliate deals? Is it YouTube advertising? Is it podcast advertising? Do you have an affiliation with a different site that can amplify your voice and try to get people to funnel back to you so people can discover you it 's all these different things, like even a lot of people right now and i 've actually been considering doing it too that Maybe I need to start branching out a little bit more and not just have everything self-contained. Is it worth it for me to do something like, you know, go over to one of these larger sites and get on there? Like, you know, talking with someone, talking to people like The Ringer, for example. Like if I was on The Ringer Fantasy Football Show or The Ringer Gambling Show, something like that in the coming years, would that be better for the Pat Mayo experience to get their larger audience and bring them back to me potentially? I don't know. Uh, This is all so malleable because no one really has a direct answer and a good answer for how to do this, what makes money. But the one thing that people do appreciate is authenticence. Authenticence. I can't speak. It's early on a Monday morning. Just be authentic. How about that? And leave in stuff like that so people know that you know, you're not a... Uh, J.G. does a really good example of this with his short-form podcasting because he can do multiple takes. That's the way that his show goes. And I think that he does he absolutely nails uh, his podcast. But that's a lot of work to be able to do that. Not a lot of people are going to write out scripts for a show and make sure that everything is condensed and on point. How can you stay on that point? And maybe you are someone who speaks very quickly. Maybe you're someone who gets to the point quickly. But the thing that i found, especially with new people coming into the space, is they want to overanalyze. They want to give you 10 facts when we one will do. Try to be the one fact or two fact guy, not the 10 fact guy. It's something I've worked with Gary and with for years. He has so much information that he wants to tell you about why. But after point two and a half, no one cares anymore. They're are, They're either already sold or they're not when it comes down to it. So I just say get into... Filming, get into writing, whatever it is that you want to do, start doing that right now and see how it is. And you know, show your family, show your friends, maybe not even release it public and really analyze what you are doing and how you can get better. And the thing with the family and the friends is going to be no matter what you do at the beginning, they're like, oh, that's really awesome. And it's not going to be awesome. It's going to be absolute trash is what it is. I go back and look at stuff that I did like six months ago. And I'm like, man, that is absolutely terrible. And at the time that I was filming, it, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's not. You're always wanting to get better. You always need to strive to get better and take real criticism when it comes down to it. And be uh, even self-criticism of where can I get better with all of this stuff? How can I make this shorter? How can I make this snappier? Especially in the onset of what you are doing. Uh, I worked with Megan, who does the Tears show for us on mayo media network i worked with her over the summer about how can we make better videos because she really wanted to get into the space so i i helped her coach i coached her up in terms of you know, how can we make this like tiers video? Because she was really big on tiers. How can I explain the tears? I think the first video she did was 17 minutes long. I was like, it can't be 17 minutes long. People want this to be like three to eight minutes tops. How can we get this down? You need to be more concise. What is your main point? What is a potentially a backup point and move on? Because people don't want to hear 25 minutes on three picks. Like it just can't work like that. Maybe there's a market for that i've never seen it but the snappier the better with that sort of thing so don't overanalyze everything what do people need to know what is your best point present that to everyone and start filming right away because you're gonna have fun doing it you're gonna have some not fun days doing it but overall if it's something that you want to do show that passion be authentic to whoever you are and make that the persona that people see on the screen. So I hope that was helpful for you. I know that I rambled on after telling you not to do that. But again, you know, I got that. I I, I get grandfathered in for the old rambling when it goes down to it. So um Life advice, Pat Mayo, the Pat Mayo Experience at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. Thanks to Meanie, thanks to Paul, thanks to all of you for watching. Smash the like, and uh, I'll get out of here. Check out the articles up on dknation.com and the newsletter down in the description completely free where you can find the updates on the injuries and the snap counts and the air yards and everything like that. I'll see you next time.
0: Pat Mayo Experience! experience